Inspiration, now in session. Inspire God's people, the podcast. The podcast. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Living for God is not a punishment. I had the opportunity this past week to speak at a church um, Sunday morning. Uh, The church was called Power of Faith. And um, there was like a longer name to it. You know, churches, we we got to add the power of faith international ministry, something like much love to them. It was a great time. Very engaging people had the opportunity to speak at their annual youth day. And so, you know, that message was really something that like I really wanted to bring to the show. So what I'm going to do today is going to be maybe a slightly different pace. We are going to start off before um, the show really starts. I'm going to play the J. Will music song of the day. Get that up out of there early. You know what I'm saying? We're going to throw that out there. Get it up out there early. Because half of y'all probably ain't trying to hear my music anyway. But it's a part of the show. Then from there, all right, follow me on this. I'm going to play like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the actual sermon. Like so, what I recorded on my little iPhone. That's pretty much what I do. Anytime y'all hear me um, sharing a sermon, I have, you know, my iPhone sitting there. I just recorded myself. I don't wait on them. Like for no official recordings, you're going to hear everything. Babies crying, whatever. Whatever happened in there, that's what you're hearing. These phones, let me tell you something. Don't let somebody tell you it's not a way to make something happen. You got to make things happen. It's in your hands. We got a whole episode about that. If you like to hear more about taking advantage of opportunities that are right before you, you know what I'm saying? Using your cell phone to do what it do. A lot of us don't realize these cell phones do so much stuff. We only using it to talk and text. But the phone can do things that... Oh, hold on. Why am I preaching? All right. I'm about to preach. I shouldn't... That's not even how I preach. I don't know why I play so much on this show. But we are about to play the sermon. I'm going to jump in and piggyback off of the sermon to finish the message. Because I want to say it in a way that's actually relevant to you guys. Um, specifically, like there are some things I might want to say a little differently when we get to the body of the message. Um, but for now, we jumping into the J. Will music song of the day. It's entitled Love Lost. This is from my album entitled Ultrasound, produced by my brother Darius James. We will be right back. Right back. Have you ever been in love? Do you even know what love is? Like everybody, everybody wants love. Your girlfriend wants to be your wife, but you're like, I ain't ready to take flight. It's scary up there. If we go that high in the sky, then fall, we might die. So you try to act like you ain't feeling her, but deep down inside, it's killing you. Searching, but you can't find love. 
song to me honestly i feel like i'm preaching a message you feel like you're stuck in the woods with a tiger but this is no golf just know that love ain't dead love died on the cross your girlfriend wants to be your wife but you like i ain't ready to take flight it's scary up there if we go that high in the sky then fall we might die so you try to act like you ain't feeling her but deep down inside it's killing you searching but you can't find love Boyfriend doesn't make you feel like a wife, so you sleep around trying to make the wrong things right. He puts his hands on you cause he loves you, right? Drinking, smoking, it all transpired. Cause daddy never taught you things to avoid, so you try to fill them voids with the boy. Touching, but you can't find love. So some of y'all gonna be looking at me like you ain't never heard of, especially if you're kinda younger. You ain't never heard of what I'm about to say. Um, but when I was younger, Make sure there's nobody no police up in here. I don't want nobody to catch a case. When I was younger, we used to get this thing called whoopings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Some of y'all are like, wow, what is that? Okay, let, let me speak it in your language since you never heard of it. Once upon a time, yes, long, long ago, <laughs> in a faraway land, Eastside Southern Line to be exact. Uh, there, 
there was a lady named Anna, my, my grandmother. And, 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 and she would have all the kids gathered together and go outside and, and grab off of a tree, a, a switch. Y'all never heard of this before. And I don't know why it was called a switch, because when, when it's on the tree, it's just a branch. But, but when you pull it off, they switch the name. Maybe that's why it's called a switch. The name switch when you pull it off. And it, it was a little, it was a, a little tree branch. And if you did something bad, grandma would beat the brakes off you with this switch. Amen. Now, 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 I don't know about, listen, if you used to get whoopers, I, I don't want, mother, I don't want you to catch a case. So, so don't, don't raise your hand, but if you used to just get whooped, just, just wink for me so I can know who I'm doing. Just wink on the low, okay? Don't raise, look, they ain't raise their hand, mother, you good. All right, you, I know you done told somebody up, but yo, can I get an amen to at least from you, mother? Come on now. Look, she, I'll, come on, some of them up in here, amen. She done told some people up, you feel what I'm saying? Listen, y'all, we used to get whoopers. And, and I'm going to say this. Whoopers were very interesting and confusing to me for, for a couple reasons, okay? Here's the first thing. First things first. Every time I got a whooping, it started off like this. Now, I want you to understand. I'm doing this because I love you. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Grandma. Wait, wait a minute. So, so let me get this straight. You, you about to beat the brakes off me because you love me, okay? All right, so, so this, can, can I just be real with y'all today? This, this is what I want to, this is me. I, I want to tell my grandma this. Well, well, Grandma, I love you too. Can, can I beat the brakes off you, Grandma? Spoke at the schools. I spoke at Murray Wright last year. And when I'm sitting at the schools, 
looking and I'm like, these kids at Rome. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the Crips ain't playing with them. The Bloods ain't playing with them. Uh, the, the prostitutes, it ain't nobody playing with kids. But then when they come to church, we want to talk to them like, hey, give it, give it, give it, give it. <laughs> TV shows, the movies. I just got to be real with y'all because they're putting this stuff and they're attacking your kids. I don't know if you know it, but they're putting the stuff. It's a rated R movie that just came out yesterday, and it's all kids in the movie, and it's about sex. So I, I hope y'all not offended that I use that word, and then they're going to go home, and you watching the movie, and they're in the room anyway, because kids can do anything now. You know what I'm saying? They don't get whooped because they just in time out. Only time my grandma needed time out was when she needed to take a breath before she was about to beat me. Amen? So, so at the end of the day, the point that I'm making is everybody in the world tells your children about the benefits of sin. It's fun to have sex. It's fun to drink. It's fun to smoke. And your kids start feeling like this is a punishment. But in reality, who's going to talk about the consequences? Have, have you ever heard of a friend of the court, my man? Well, 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 here's what happens. You go out here and you start sleeping around with girls and one of them starts to get pregnant, okay? That process takes about nine months, but you already know that because you at least in the ninth grade, amen? And so it, what ends up happening is now you work at Foot Locker, buddy. You make about $10 an hour. Your check every week is only $200, all right? But now you have a full baby out here with this girl. You don't like the girl that much and you're not going to marry her. And she ain't as cute as she was no more when you were just sleeping around with her, amen? Okay, so now here's what happens is, now you start getting your paycheck. And there's somebody named Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam takes a percentage out of your $200 check that's now down to one fourth. But then there's this guy named Friend of the Court. He's not your friend at all. He does not like you, amen? Friend of the Court then comes around to that same check and then he takes about $80 out of your check. Come in. You get what I'm saying? Because right now you only got one 
kid, all right? But on the road you're going down, you're at least going to have two or three by the time you're 25. Amen. So what ends up happening is that the $200 check you had is now down to 60 bucks. This doesn't seem as fun as it was when she was sneaking over your house that day, does it? What? Now you find yourself in a situation because you're only getting C's and D's in school anyway because your parents ain't making you do your homework and nobody's helping you and the world is on your head, they're on your shoulder, they recruit you to the streets and you kind of like you. So now you got 80 bucks and you, you, you're running to your boy Damon. Damon is a thug. He's like, he can fight better than you ever. You want to be like Damon, amen? Well, Damon makes a lot of money selling these things called drugs. All right? And this looks real fun to you too. Now you want to be like Damon because you only got $60 because you slept with the girl that you was messing around with. Friend of work, he's taking your money, amen? So now you can't get a straight up job. And then you go out here and sell drugs, make a lot of money, go to jail, get killed or something like that. And the story continues to go on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, we come in church and we tell you, a do 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 a do 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 That's reality. Yeah. Alright, like, yeah. here's my question. Yeah. I'm for real, when I come before people, yeah. it's like, do you want me to play with you? Do you want me to lie? Do you want me to run around and church? Look, can I be real with you? I could have stayed at home for that. Amen. My church service don't start till 1.30 and I'll be late anyway. Amen? So I could have just stayed at the crib. You know, look, my pastor right there, he gonna tell you. He ain't really, he ain't there. What up, Pops? All right, so let's do something. Let's jump into the Word real quick so I can keep this thing moving. We're going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture, all right? Um, John 3 and 16. Now, I'm a person that really loves the Bible, y'all, so we're going to try to kick it on a few Scriptures, get in, get out. Hopefully it makes sense. I'm going to get out of here. Hopefully I see y'all again. If I don't, I'm probably eating some chicken this afternoon anyway with some lemon pepper on it. We're going to have a good day regardless. You feel what I'm saying? All right, so cool. Let's go to John 3.16. I'm reading this one from the ESV. Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So here's what's dope. First, God is telling us why he gave his son, all right? This is very simple, but yet very important. There's a lot of people that say and don't even know why they say Don't even know what they say from. God gave Jesus. He like, bam, I gave my son so you can have eternal life and not perish, all right? Now, here's what's dope about God. God be anticipating how people think. So in verse 17, he told us why he did not give his son. Amen? All right, so verse 17 says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Let's pause real quick. Condemn is just a very, very, like, bodily, uh, old English way to say punish. God did not send his son to punish the world. This is going to be very important in a minute. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Here is what I want you to take away from that. God did not send Jesus in the world to send us to hell. He sent him to the world to save us from it. Now this is very important because we all walk around thinking that Jesus is sending people to hell. And the reason we think that is because we don't realize that we was going to hell already. Amen? Like, listen, when Jesus came, look, you was already, like, that's, you was already messed up, bro. Jesus came to save you from 
All right, I got an example, because my man in the green suit don't believe me right now. All right, I'm just messing with you, brother. Much love. God bless you. I just didn't want you to fall asleep. So I realize when you mess with people and wake them up, because they're like, hold on, what? Oh, what? What'd I do? <laughs> what? What? What you talking about? Green suit? Wait, what? What? Super, super clear. You get what I'm saying? So, my man, I like y'all too, right here. So, imagine, like, imagine y'all on like this stranded island. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's spring break, bro. I don't know how old you are, but it's coming up one way or another. You're gonna get to the college level. You in college yet? You in high school? You look young. College? You look real young. But you know what I'm talking about. That's why you're smiling right now. So, hopefully, your parents ain't around. Amen. We just gonna have a real conversation, me and you. All right. So, you. Cancun, okay, Cancun, all right, I got you. He like, he prophesied me, oh my God, oh my God. I just bought the tickets, oh my God. You in Cancun, you on this island, you and your friends, and y'all living it up, my man. Y'all are just, look, my man put his head down, he like, uh, how he know, how did he know? Y'all living it up on this island, you're wilding out, you're doing everything and anything, right? You having a good old time, my man. Well, as you're on this island, someone comes with another boat. And they come up to you and your friends, and they're like, hey, man, I'm on my way home. I'm going to the crib. I was just seeing if y'all wanted to roll with me, because I got this big boat, and I got light jackets. Like, we good. I'm coming here. Y'all can leave with me. Here's the problem. You having a little too much fun at Cancun. So you looking at the boat, and you looking at Cancun. Come on, my man. Are you leaving Cancun right then and there? You're not doing it, are you? Because she don't want you to leave, bro. You get what I'm saying? See, look at, look at the look on this. You cannot like what I'm saying, but look at him. You got to look at him. He like, yeah, she don't want me to leave. So if you on Cancun and you tell my man with the boat, you can take you and your boat and your life jackets and get away from here because you messing with some stuff. Some real fun is about to happen. You know what I'm saying? So you end up turning down the boat that was going to take you away from the island. Well, maybe three months go past, maybe it's three days. I don't know, but food runs out. You realize you ran out of money because your parents ain't sent you nothing else. You don't own a boat, my brother. You get what I'm saying? You don't look like the boat type. You get what I'm saying? No offense, but I don't think you own a boat. So then after a while, you realize I'm starving on this island. It's a storm coming, and now there's danger on this island that I was once having fun on. Now I have a hypothetical question for you. If you end up dying on the island, did the man on the boat kill you? Or did you choose death? And so what I want y'all to understand is that in this life that we're living in, we are dying on an island called sin. We partying, we drinking, we smoking, we sleeping around, and we doing all this stuff that's literally killing us. God sent his son Jesus into the world with a boat and a life jacket. And he asked us, do you want to leave the sin? Like, do you want to walk away from all the fun in the island? And what happens so many times with us is we say, uh, you know what, God? Like, you straight, but what I'm doing over here is way too much fun. And so what we end up doing time and time again is choosing to die on the island. And then I keep hearing this question. This question keeps coming up. I spoke to about 200 kids last month um, at a lock-in, and they, they were asking, these kids were asking very deep questions about, like, homosexuality. They were asking all kind of crazy stuff. I'm not going to get into that. I don't know why this scared. But they asked these crazy questions, and someone was asking a question, like, why would a loving God send people to hell? And the question kept coming up, and it hit me when I was there. And I was like, 
He doesn't. You choose him. God doesn't send any of us to hell. God literally came, and the Bible said it, Jesus said it. He did not come to punish us. Living for God is not a punishment. God did not send his son into this world to make you feel bad and make your life be over. But what he realized is that your life was already bad. And the problem with us is we can't recognize a good thing from a bad thing. Come on now, y'all. I know some. Come on now. Come on now. Yo. You know what? I got a couple things to say before I finish, you know, this message. Just listening back to it myself, you know, we got to stop blaming God for our decisions. Partially, this is because we don't even know right from wrong anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's really scary when you think about it. Because cause look at it this way. When you're raising a child, you're teaching the child things. Hey, fire is hot. Don't do that. Don't run into the street. Look both ways first, right? You're teaching them all these fundamentals with the hopes that at some point they will become of age where they can know better, know right from wrong for themselves based on what you taught them. But here's the tricky thing. What if you never teach them? And some of us has been in church our whole lives, but we haven't been learning about God our whole lives. And it's a real big difference between sometimes at least just church or a service or a musical or an event. Like, you know, let's just be real. We didn't been to a lot of those, but actually learn about the Lord uh, to spend time meditating on his word and doing it the right way in context. Not just reading the scripture to make it mean that you're going to get the new job or something that you want selfishly, but to really study God's word. You know, and that's why I try to give it everything that I have when I, you know, uh, get in front of people. I don't take it for granted. I don't take this show for granted. Um, this stuff is very serious to me. I have a lot of fun with it at times, but this content means a lot to me. Um, and I'm trying my best to do it the way the Lord has created me to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, so when I was in front of those kids and and just to give you a visual, like the room was full of not just young kids, and, and it was like, like I would call it, you know, 15 to 19-ish maybe was a bulk of the youth. Obviously, you had some younger, but what I really liked is that a lot of their parents were there too. So the room was actually full of adults as well and had a lot of older adults. And um, by the grace of God, I was surprised at how many of the elderly saints actually came up to me afterwards and thanked me. And that meant a lot. Um, because a lot of times when I'm in these situations, I'm not just talking to the children. I'm actually talking to the adults because one of the things that you're not going to hear because I didn't leave all of the audio there was like, I talked to them about how like, you know, sometimes the kids want to do well, but how hard is it for a kid to do well when their parents, like sometimes your parents represent your ceiling. Like as a kid, it, Y'all realize how hard it is to outgrow your parent while you're still a kid? So it's like, man, I want to live for God. I want to not watch this or not listen to that. But I'm coming home and my parents got it on the TV. They watching this and they listening to that. And to them, it's just entertainment. But to me, it's pulling me into sin. And so we have to think about, you know, for those of you who are parents and those of us who will be parents one day, Lord willing. We have to think about the, the power of our influence over our kids and not just our kids, anyone who's following us and watching us.
So let me finish the message. Living for God is not a punishment. So let's jump into the word, y'all. Y'all know how it is on this show. And I appreciate, you know, those of you out there who message me and let me know a few, you know, I mean, months back or whatever I asked about, like, y'all like when I, you know, go into the word and people was like, yes, keep going to the word. Preach, boy, preach. All right. They ain't say all that, but they did say keep going. So we're going to jump into the book of Jonah. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories in the word. Um, we're going to go Jonah chapter one, verse two. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. This is the Lord literally telling Jonah, go to this great city. They out here wilding out. They sinning. Go here and go there and preach my word. All right. So that's simple instructions, right? A lot of time God gives us simple instructions. We know what we supposed to be doing out here, what God called us to do. Let's just be real. Some of us know exactly what we're called to do. We just delaying the call. We like, uh, uh matter of fact, let, let me read and let me, let me let the, the word tell you what a lot of us do. Just like Jonah verse three, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Hold on. Tarshish. Like, come on. Like, why did they, why that had to be what it was called, Lord? Because <laughs> like, that just didn't roll up. Tarshish. Tartar sauce. He went to the land of tartar sauces. Tartar sauces. Tartar sauce. I bet tartar that, sauce. you know what? I feel like it was a revelation. Tartar. I really feel like it was some tartar sauce out there. Anyway. How many times does the Lord give us clear directions for something and we literally go the opposite way? Isn't that crazy? Like the Lord told Jonah, go do this. And Jonah was like, oh, um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Like, like the Lord said, go to the store and buy me a Reese cup. And Jonah was like, you know what? What's the exact opposite of a Reese cup? You know what, Lord? I'm going to go get you an oil change. Like, what? What, what are you talking? What? An oil change? Like, and you, you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we think we slick because God told us to do something. And we like, you know what? I'm going to go do something that's still dope. But it just ain't what he told me to do because I'm trying to get away from what God called me to. Why do we do this? Because a lot of times we feel like living for God is a punishment. Like, it's a punishment to live in your purpose. It's a punishment to do the right thing. Why they get to do that? I just want to do that. Oh, that's a song. Hey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why, did, why do I always got to go there? Why do you always got to go there, Jermaine? Let's keep reading the jump down to verse 17. Now, you got to understand, some things have happened between verses 3 and 17. I'm a paraphrase. But I want you to go check it out yourself and make sure I'm saying the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So what happens is between 3 and 17, Jonah was like sleep and this big storm comes. All the other dudes on the ship trying to figure out like, whoa, somebody that made God mad. Like, you know, what, what's what's really going on? Whose God is this? Like, 
Like somebody then did something. They wake Jonah up, and Jonah pretty much like, oh, it's a storm. Oh uh, yeah, that that was me. He, I'm the one. Like like he legit admitted and knew that it was him, but it was weird because he let them like cast lots and try to go through all this work of figuring out who it was when the whole time he knew it was him. And then he basically was like, you know what, bro? Go ahead and throw me. You know what I'm saying? Just throw me in the seat. Throw me overboard and I know where to stop because it's my fault. Now, I think that's kind of interesting because I think what Jonah was trying to do was give up. I think he was running from the Lord so much that he was saying, it's better for me to give up than to run from God. But I'm going to show you exactly why living for God is not a punishment and how sometimes there are things that look like a punishment, that feel like a punishment, that even when you are giving up on yourself sometimes, God won't give up on you. And that's a blessing. And listen, I want to encourage you not to give up, not to jump overboard like Jonah did. And it's a blessing when God intervenes. You know what I'm saying? But what was interesting, I think, about this story for me is that with, with Jonah, you always hear about how he was swallowed by the vi big fish. And it's like, that's like almost like this punishment, like because he was running from God. That's what it looks and feels like on the surface, right? So let's keep it moving. Verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. My man was in a fish hotel, pretty much. Three days, three nights. Like, look, he, I don't know why it took him so long to break down. Like, you in the fish, bruh. So here's the thing. Somebody could say, why would a loving God arrange for this man to be swallowed by a fish? And it's like, okay, cool. I understand how you can question God on the surface of an issue with your human mindset and with your human mentality that we all have, right? Because we don't have the complete perspective of the situation. And what, I, what I'm telling you right now, and, and I'm urging us as believers, you know, like, really think before you question God. Really think about what you're questioning. Uh, really assess the situation before people try to convince you that this Christian walk in the Bible and these things are just so cruel and just so mean. How could a God? It's like, well, well, hold on. Let's talk about it, right? Let's get out of our emotions real quick. I know you mad that the, you know, that he was swallowed, swallowed by the fish, but let's talk about this. Let's keep reading. All right. Chapter two, starting at verse one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. All right, hold on. You mean to tell me this man is in a fish praying? Now, this represents a couple of things for me. Jonah had given up. He was literally dying. He was jumping into the sea. You ain't going to live through that. But what happened was God arranged for something that looked like it was meant to kill him, to come and protect him. How do I know this? Why do I believe this? Because he was in a giant fish for three days and three nights. Look, if you in a giant fish that long, um, I'm led to believe that if the fish wanted to eat you, you would have been eaten. But he was there for three days and three nights. The fish was protecting him. Listen, the fish was like a little submarine taking him to where he needed to go. This is crazy. So, so what someone could look like on the surface and be mad at God because God arranged for a fish to swallow this man. What's wrong with God, cuz? 
God sent the fish to get him. Now explain it. And it's like, whoa, that fish was like, it's limousine driver, bruh. That was a shuttle from the airport to the hotel. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, this fish wasn't sent to kill him. This fish protected him, a man that was given up and about to die because he was looking at living for God as a punishment. But so many times what we view as a punishment, when you look back over your life, you like, God was protecting me. I wanted a record deal. I wanted to be a star. I thought I was just meant for this. And listen, and God didn't let it happen and protected me. Some of the things that you are chasing after, it's just like jumping into the sea and you're drowning in sin. And we need to thank God when he sends the big fish to swallow us for three days and three nights. And why? Because in chapter two, Jonah prayed from inside the fish. Verse two, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. He was dying, y'all. And Lord, you heard me. Let's go down to verse nine. Now, here's what I like about verse nine now. Let's really follow this. Jonah's in the fish, right? Oh, this is powerful, y'all. What looks like it was a punishment is what, he, what drew him closer to God and caused him to pray. And as he's praying, his mind literally begins to change. His mind changed in that fish. So God protected him. And I'm going to tell you how powerful a mind change is, right? On this journey and this walk with the Lord. Verse 9. Now the same Jonah who was running from God, going into the opposite direction, jumping into the sea, really sounding like to give up on life. This is him talking in verse 9. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Verse 10. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Woo! Hold on. His mind began to change. He began to say, Lord, I'm no longer running from you. I am now ready to fulfill the vows and the things you called me to. Then he recognizes and acknowledges that salvation comes from the Lord alone. And you mean to tell me right after that, the Lord, the same Lord that ordered the fish to swallow him, ordered the fish to spit him out on the beach. Sometimes we think we're waiting on God because we're running from God because we look at doing the right thing as a punishment. God, why do I have to do the right thing? And there's a, like either the second, 72nd or 73rd division of Psalms where you'll see this um, actually scripted out is in, in talking about why do the wicked always prosper? You get what I'm saying? And that's how it feels as believe. Listen, I've been there. I know a lot of y'all have been there too. That's a real life situation. I'm not looking down on anyone who's in that moment. I have been there. When you feel like you're looking around and you're like, man, I'm trying to do the right thing. And you mean to tell me, like, I can't, mm, I can't get, you know what, Lord? Like, they not going to rock with, with my music. Like, I'm trying to, Lord, I'm trying not to drop it. Oh, I'm trying, listen. That's how we feel sometimes as believers. Like, you mean to tell me, like, I've been just doing this thing for you and blah, 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 blah. And it feels like a punishment. Righteousness literally sometimes feels like you're being punished by doing the right thing. 
But I want to inspire and encourage you today, God's people. Do not be weary in well-doing. There is a purpose and a plan. And sometimes the things that you are chasing, your fleshly dreams that you're going after and the things that you want to happen, sometimes that's just not what's best for you. And you think you've been swallowed by this situation just to be, you know, punished or whatever. No, it's to protect you. Sometimes God is covering you. And not only is he's covering you, as your mind begins to change, he's escorting you to the new place where you belong. Our minds literally have to change. Once his mind changed, then the fish spit him out. All right, let's, let's, let's pivot real quick because we're talking about our mind changing. And I've talked about this scripture before on here. Romans 12 and 2. Here's what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This show is about leading you to your purpose. If there was any scripture that is like the blueprint for getting to your purpose, if you like one of those people that's like, Jay, I've been listening, I just can't find my way. Maybe, just maybe, you haven't yet changed your mind. And God literally wants to renew you by changing your mind. And notice it said, then you will know his will for you. Some of us are looking for God's will and we haven't yet changed our mind. And so it's impossible to find God's will. It could be staring you in the face, but it ain't going to make sense. You're going to run from it. God has literally shown some of us his will, but because our minds haven't been changed or renewed, we're running from the thing that he's calling us to because we're looking at it as a punishment. As a punishment. As a punishment. What? What in the world is up with people who go live on the internet to do nothing? All right, so here's the deal, man. We got to talk about this. Y'all know we had to talk about this at some point. So yesterday, I think I made a post on Instagram or something, and it's like, you know how you just like, oh, it's a live video. Like you just, it, it was just there. Just like, okay, what is this person talking about, right? I clicked the video. Oh my gosh. I watched literally for 15 seconds. Um, this is why I never watched these live videos. It was a girl. She was walking to her car. Um, I guess there was like some other people with her. And she just like, she not talking to the camera. She's talking though. <laughs> Phone ain't even really on her. It's like on the street, like whatever, whatever. And she getting in the car. She like, oh. I'm live. I ain't even got the camera on me. But then still proceeds to say nothing to the camera. She's just like getting in the car, looking at herself. And that was the point I exited the video. And what is my point? I started thinking like, because I'm looking at her and I'm thinking like, so wait a minute. You had a bright idea. You were walking out of wherever you were at. And you was like, you know what? I want to go live on the internet right now to any random people in the entire world, they can watch me. 
And then you literally did nothing. Okay, there's a reason why this bothers me. Because I believe that indirectly and unconsciously, us doing those type of things speaks to the way that we're living our lives right now. Like we're living our lives like life doesn't matter, like nothing matters. Like we're just going to project ourselves live <laughs> for like for no reason. Like you ain't doing nothing. Like y'all got to understand, I'm not, I'm literally saying this person was doing nothing. Like some people, when I say they not doing nothing, it's a figure of speech. Like, oh, you had the camera in your face and you were talking and you really wasn't talking about nothing. Right. No, I mean, now we have made it to the point in the Internet universe where people are literally recording live videos of them doing nothing. So I had this thought, like, could you imagine if the news did that? Like, could you imagine if you just turned to the local news and turned it on and like, welcome to the six o'clock edition of ABC News. And then you get on there. And the news anchor's just kicking it, like, yeah, what you got going on later? Like, man, nothing. Like, just listen, bro, do something with your life. Like, make it count, man. And I'm dead serious. Like, don't waste people's time. I know it's just the internet, and we feel like for some reason, the internet is our ticket to do stuff that don't matter. Like, you don't have nothing better to do with your life. You don't want to make a better impression on people. And here's what I'm saying to the entrepreneurs. Maybe that girl is somebody who doesn't care about her future and ain't going nowhere in life. And, you know, I'm not saying that's the case. I, you know, I take that back. I take that back. Maybe you are going somewhere in life and you, you I don't know what's going on with her. Whatever. I'll, as you see, for the first time on this show, I'm literally at a loss for words. I watched a video of a person doing nothing and I can't figure out why they did it. But here's what I want to say to you. If you're an entrepreneur, even if you're not, if you're a business professional, you're looking for a job. When you put yourself live on the internet, there are people watching you. And so we all have to realize, right, as the internet continues to mature and progress, like it may feel like nothing because you're so used to just making random posts. But there are people who don't follow you that are watching. There are people who don't always like your pictures or your videos who are watching. So just make it count, especially as believers. Let's set examples and let's make like make it mean something. You know what I'm saying? Like it, just just look at it like this. If I told you, OK, right now for the next 30 seconds, you have the attention of 500 people. Tell them anything you need or want them to know. Now, out of those 500 people, you don't know who they are. It could be business executives. It could be, um, you know, people you can network with. Just all type of opportunities lie within people. But if you spend your time like doing nothing and showing nothing and just being useless, then what are you really saying about yourself unconsciously? You get what I'm saying? I, I know that like it might make you mad that that bothered me on that level. But I'm being so real and so honest with you when I say that literally got under my skin. Like, is that what we doing now? So you like so full of yourself that you think people want to see you do nothing. And I'm being real. Like, I think it's a narcissistic thing where we're so full of ourselves and we are like just so vain that we literally think we so dope. Look, man, you could you imagine listening to this show next week 
And I'm on here just talking. Look, I ain't talking about nothing. I'm in the background. He's just like, hey, what up? Yeah, man, I'm about to eat some chicken, drink some juice. You know, we no. I know that I have your attention for about 45 minutes to an hour every week. And that means a lot to me. I put a lot of time into what I produce in this show because I respect your time. And that's what we have to do for one another. Even if it's just a Facebook post or Instagram post, make the most of it. I've given people this advice before. I gave my brother Darius this advice before. And I remember telling him a couple years ago, make the most of your Instagram posts. You think he hasn't had some opportunities and travel because of people found him on Instagram? He sure has. And I don't deserve the credit because I'm not the one with the talent singing and all of that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I think I deserve a little pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? Darius ain't never said nothing about it. He ain't never came back to me and said, hey, you know what? Remember when I was posting sandwiches on the internet and I wasn't getting no opportunities and you told me to start pulling up my guitar and singing and making music and then I start getting opportunities? Yeah, Darius. You know what I'm saying? What's up with that, bro? The world needs to know, man. Like, so you just going to, you know, just take them little opportunities to forget about me, huh? Okay. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll see you next week. It, it's all good, you know? Don't come in church talking crazy either if you hear this show. You feel what I'm saying? It's my show. I say what I want to say. That was just 15 seconds of me talking about nothing. Thank you for listening. See you next week. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear? Or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show? It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Again, JermaineWilsonMusic. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like it.